Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. Been a busy week last week. Um, I don't expect, obviously, uh, the kind of frenzy that we saw last week. Um, but there's still time, um, as I was reminded uh, today. Um, there's there's still time for the Raiders to get done what they want to get done. Um, you know, uh, there's still targets left on the board uh, that they are um, interested in at free safety um, and cornerback. Uh, I know that they were in on Adore Jackson for a little while, um, but... I don't know, and I think that he had a little bit of an awakening in terms of what his worth was because uh, the contract number that I heard uh, that um, that he was asking for here in Las Vegas, I even I had to go wait, wait, wait. Did I read that correctly? Like it was, it was crazy, and it, you know, it's kind of a sign of times in that first wave of free agency, even in a day two, day three. Um, where, where guys are trying to fight for every penny that they could get. And again, I respect that. Uh, there's no question about it, but you have to be realistic. And I think Adore, um, you know, that, that finally happened with the New York Giants, and, and, and good for him. I've been a big fan of Adore since uh, covering him uh, at USC when I was in Los Angeles. Uh, but certainly the number that I heard in terms of as it related to the Raiders, uh, and this was, I want to say Friday, um, Thursday or Friday is, is, is what – um, uh, you know, I was told it was like, holy cow. So anyway, um, there's still money allotted for safety, uh, and for, uh, cornerback. So uh, basically the defensive backs. Um, so, you know, we'll see where, where, where it goes is Sam Gordon. And thanks uh, for Sam Gordon for stopping by, uh, in the huddle, you know, alluded to there's, there's, there's time and there's names still left, uh, on, on the board, uh, including, uh, at, at, a, at the position of need. Now, having said that, it's pretty obvious that I think the Raiders, the, you know, the, the, uh, the game plan was beef up on the defensive line. Uh, you know, they went out and got Yannick Ngagwe, um, kind of a, I wouldn't say that a game changer, but he's for the Raiders. He's certainly a game changer. They didn't have anybody. Um, coming off the edge uh, as a pass rusher uh, that brings what he brings to the table. Um, so he he changes the dynamic uh, of the Raiders' uh, defensive line. Uh, you have him at one end. You've got Clee Farrell at the other. Uh, there's going to be Max Crosby. Uh, he'll have his role, and I think he's going to be really good at it. Uh, I really like the thought of Max Crosby uh, coming in on, um, you know, as a, as a kind of a pass rush specialist coming in on, on, uh, on pass downs. He's going to get a bunch of snaps. This is a guy, he, I think he had too many snaps. I think that was part of that. That sometimes becomes part of the issue because there's diminished returns when you're out on the field as much as he was last year it was over 900 snaps that he took. I don't expect him to get 900 snaps and I don't think that he should uh, take 900 snaps. I think that you'll get more out of Max Crosby by playing them less, and those snaps become more and more efficient, even as you're reducing them. And you have, you know, Yannick and Gagway uh, playing, you know, uh, in front of them, and they're going to play together as well. That's, you know, Gus Bradley knows what he's doing, and he's going to have a rotation. He's going to have personnel groupings uh, that fit the situation. Uh, but and it's and it, it's just really good for him now to have 
so many different uh, bodies to be able uh, to turn to. You know, Quentin Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, Mo Hurst. Uh, we'll see. You know, Solomon Thomas. We'll see what um, how Darius uh, Phylon, uh figures into uh, into the situation. Um, you, you've still got Carl Nassib, Arden Key still on the re- roster. Kendall Vickers is still on the roster. Not all those guys are going to make the team, so there's going to be a brutal fight for jobs and playing time. And the good news is I think there's going to be a pretty decent football player or two that gets cut from the Raiders this year. When was the last time you can say that about that position group? Uh, but you know, the, the long and short of it is I think they decided, look, we're going to really – get after it uh, along the defensive line. Uh, that's where it all starts in Gus Bradley's defense. Uh, that's the position group that the Raiders you know, identified as we're going to really, really get after that. And they did. Uh, but it tells you, too, that they feel like you know, there's, some, there's still some depth uh, in, in the defensive backfield that they can tap into as free agents, and, and you know, we'll see what, with right tackle. But more than anything... I think it's a sign that they believe that um, if they have to go to the draft, they're going to be able to come out of the draft with with a with uh, a guy at right, somebody at right tackle, and somebody at free safety that they can uh, legit count on uh, to start from day one. And that's 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 a good thing. And that's to me where you know you, you lean on guys like Tom Cable, you lean on guys like Gus Bradley. Uh, and Ron Milas, the new defensive backfield coach, um, to say, "Hey, you know, look at here's here's the tape of the you know DB population, the free safety population in the draft. Are we good in the second round? Maybe even in the third round, if need be, to go get a a starter quality guy." Um, and I'm sure it sounds like it seems like based on wh- how they've allocated their money so far and their and their uh, focus so far. Uh, on the defensive secondary, it, it sure seems like you know they probably got an affirmative yes from uh, you know John Gr- or excuse me from Gus Bradley and Ron Miles said yeah there's some there's some players to work with and same with T- Tom Gable on the offensive line um, you know uh, people said that it was a reach a few years ago when they drafted Colton Miller maybe it was but they got their guy where they wanted to get their guy and four years later Colton Miller is is you know, a, a very good left tackle, a guy that the Raiders are going to re-sign. Um, and so he's going to be around here a long time. Um, I think that this tackle class has a chance to develop, to, to produce uh, 10, maybe a bunch of, a bunch of day one starters uh, in the NFL. And I think the Raiders have their eye on, uh, on, on a couple of those guys. And I was going through the the, the, the draft list, um, and, and it really is. Uh, I'll call up that list here in a second. There really is some um, prospects that you're, you can obviously um, see or, or project, I should say, as day one starters for the, for the Raiders. And it's not unusual anymore um, for rookies to start, especially now at right tackle. Um, um, so... I think that there's a and when you have a guy like Tom Cable who says yes he'll be fine we'll be we'll be we'll be good uh, at that position uh, if we get uh, this particular guy or that particular guy uh, and just kind of running down the lane you know, they're not going to get Sewell from from Oregon obviously he's uh, a generational type of a, a, a talent 
but Elijah Vera Tucker from from USC, uh, I could definitely still see him being there uh, at number seventeen. Uh, has played all over the offensive line for USC, and uh, last year I play, played left tackle and and did really well. Uh, he's a guy that count on it um, will be a starter in the NFL sooner rather than later. Uh, Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, Christian Darasov from Virginia Tech, uh, Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. Uh, just going down this list that I had Jalen Mayfield from uh, from from uh, Michigan, Sam Cosby from Texas, uh, Jackson Car- Carmen from uh, Clemson. Not sure, uh, you know where Liam uh, Eichenberg from Notre Dame, who I think is rising up the draft boards and would fit really well. This is a guy who was a stalwart at Notre Dame, played in a lot of big games and played well in big games against really good competition. Go watch the tape of him against Alabama, against Clemson. I don't think he gave up a sack last year, if I remember correctly. Um, and, or that might have been his uh, uh, last year's, his, the year before this past season. Uh, but he's been a, uh, a real warrior uh, at Notre Dame, has played in big games. I think he's ready to rock and roll. Uh, Tevin Jenkins uh, from Oklahoma State. I really liked what I saw. Uh, from Jank, uh, from Jenkins uh, on tape, James Hudson from Cincinnati, uh, uh, Dylan Radnuns from North North Dakota State saw him at um, uh, the Senior Bowl, and uh, and 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 he looked really really good. So that's twelve guys right there. Uh, one of those guys is going to be there at seventeen, and very likely one of them is going to be there at number forty eight when their second round pick um, comes comes uh, up. So. Um, it's it's looking like right tackle uh, is going to be addressed um, in, in in the draft. And here here's another uh, point of all of this. Remember, Colton Miller. I just said that he's going to get signed to a new contract. Uh, he will get signed to a new contract. I'd be shocked if he didn't. All right. So uh, that's a lot of money these days to pay left tackles. If you can get younger at right tackle and bring in a guy that. Um, is going to be under control. Uh, let's say they pick him in the first round, so you got him under control for five years at a relatively uh, reasonable price. That's five years of cost effectiveness uh, and cost certainty at a really important position while you're paying your left tackle, left tackle caliber money. So uh, it just makes a lot of sense. Now, will that preclude them um, from signing somebody in free agency? Uh, no, I think that I think that you know. Um, I, I think you want to bring in some veteran uh, insurance. You want to bring in somebody that, um, if it doesn't work out on day one for for whoever you bring in, you're still going to be in good shape. But here's the thing: when you look at the Raiders' uh, uh, offensive line, Denzel Good uh, is, is a guy who showed last year uh, when they plugged him in at right tackle when Trent Brown went down, um, you know, in game one. Right off the bat, <laughs> you know, uh, Denzel Good had to go in there. I mean, remember it was it was it was uh, um, Trent goes down, and then a few plays later, his backup Sam Gordon goes down, and all of a sudden, Denzel Good, who hadn't played right tackle in a while, has to go in there, um, you know, in in uh, in an emergency situation, and more than held down the fort. So, you know, you can. I don't think that this is ideal. I don't think this is really the way the Raiders want to go. But if they had to go uh, in that direction, you know, you've got Denzel Good who could slide out to right tackle and hold down the fort until the rookie uh, is, is is ready to go. And if in the, under that scenario, uh, maybe John Simpson um, is ready to go at one of the guard spots. Um, and you know, obviously, you've got um, Richie Incognito at the other guard spot. So there's some options. There's some options there. 
uh, in case whoever they draft in free agents, whoever they draft at right tackle isn't ready to go. Uh, but, you know, if you're starting to look at, all right, uh, some potential, uh, you know, offensive linemen um, that, that are available, uh, Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh, I think he's going to be a little bit too pricey. Mitchell Schwartz from Kansas City in my blueprint for the offseason. Uh, I had uh, uh, the Raiders potentially signing Mitchell Schwartz. Some of his social media um, posts recently, uh, especially the ones welcoming uh, Kyle Long to Kansas City, it sure sounded like he still had his roots in Kansas City. So wouldn't be shocked if somehow, some way, he ended up back there. Eric Fisher, kind of the same situation, plus he's coming off a, uh, a pretty serious injury toward the end of last year. Um, Dennis Kelly from the Tennessee Titans, uh, Russell Okung from the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, Jason Peters, uh, he's getting way up there uh, in tooth for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so the options at tackle, you know, not not uh, as plentiful <clears throat> as you would uh, as you would want. But out of that group, and maybe some of the guys, uh, Demar uh, Dotson from the Denver Broncos, uh, Roderick Johnson from the Houston Texans, DJ Fluker from the Baltimore uh, Ravens. Um, you know, maybe some these guys can be stop gaps for a year if you don't feel like uh, whoever you draft uh, is ready to is ready to get the job done. Uh, but I don't know. Looking at that draft, looking at the prospects in this draft, it just sure feels like there's a guy that uh, that they're going to be able to uh, to draft and plug in and and be a quality uh, NFL starter. Um, so you know, we'll see. As far as the safeties that are still out there, uh, Kareem Jackson. Uh, is available. Deron Harmon from the Detroit Lions is still out there. Malik Hooker from the Indianapolis Colts. Trey Boston from the Carolina Panthers. Xavier Woods. Uh, I uh, think Xavier's. I, I got to check on uh, on, on Xavier. But uh, Trey Boston, Malik Hooker, uh, and Kareem Jackson uh, are two players. I don't know if Kareem necessarily fits in the system, uh, but you know uh, he's somebody that uh, that obviously has had, and he's a little bit older, but he's obviously had some success. Uh, and again, you might be looking at a situation where it's not necessarily a uh, a guy that you're you're bringing in to be the long range starter, because uh, you might have your eye on somebody, uh, you know, in in the draft. And we'll get into uh, we'll get into um, who those possibilities are uh, as well. But uh, it's an interesting time to say the least. Um, but I do like what the Raiders have done with their defensive line. By the way, if you want to give us a call, 702-365-9200 to talk about where the Raiders are right now, uh, where they're headed uh, in free agency and in the draft. I think it's more toward uh, the latter uh, in terms of uh, now looking ahead to the draft. Uh, there's some players that the Raiders obviously are in on um, to fill some needs, but I think that um, if you're looking for the potential starter at right tackle and free safety, ah, kind of looking more and more like uh, at least one of those is going to come uh, from the draft. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Mark in the Bay wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Mark? Doing well, Vinny. How you doing? Doing really good, uh, thanks. Um, just uh, trying to get through what was a crazy week last week and, um, and uh, see where it's all headed this week. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I, um, you know, I've been looking out, keep thinking that we're going to uh, address safety at some point, but, you know, I, I was listening to what you were saying, and I do hear uh, a lot of talk about a couple of safeties that are supposed to go later first round, maybe into the second round. One is the kid from TCU, Morig, um, and then there's Richie Grant, I hear, possibly in the second, but, 
here, here's my thought, and tell me what you think. Um, you know, back in the day, we brought Rod Woodson in. You know, he converted from corner to safety. You think of uh, Charles Woodson, another great Raider, you know, who was able to make that conversion as well to safety and played it at a really high level. You know, Richard Sherman is a pretty big hitter and, you know, a very intelligent player, obviously. What are your thoughts on possibly Sherman making that switch now that, you know, he's getting up there in age a little bit and um, coaching these guys up and playing that free safety? Do you think he's um, got that, I don't know, uh, the right um, right makeup to go, to go from corner to free safety? I don't know. Um, I, you, you would think as smart as uh, Richard is and as, as, as well as he takes care of himself, as, as uh, well as he understands, um, you know, the, the, the positions and, and defensive backfield uh, across the board, his understanding of, of Gus Bradley's defense. Um, but if so, I think, it would, I think it would have already happened. I just, you know, maybe, uh, I guess there's still an opportunity, but, um, you know, wouldn't uh-huh. you think – that that would have already happened. Uh, Gus Bradley, uh, you know, being somebody that's been such a staunch supporter and, and, and colleague of, of Richard Sherman, uh, you would think that if that's the, the way they were thinking, um, it would have already uh, it would have already happened. But that's not to yeah, say that I'm, it I'm won't. And I, I, and I don't know. I don't know if he can um, make that transition, or if he even wants to at this stage of his career. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he's not signed yet. I mean, you know. I, I think he's still got a, at least a couple of years left in him. And, you know, it was, it was a way for Charles Woodson to play probably at least another three, four years past what he would have played. Um, and same thing with Rod Woodson. Rod was, uh, you know, like, like Richard, very intelligent. And he made some unbelievable plays at free safety for the Raiders. I remember a Monday night game against Denver when Denver uh, was driving, intercepted it, brought it back like it was like 90-something yards. Um, or maybe I think it was in the end zone. Might have been 101 yards, but anyways, um, I don't know. I, I, I just something that kind of intrigues me, and I, I hear what you're saying. You would think if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. But at the same time, he's still out there, so I don't know. You know, um, do you think that he's just kind of because I know he's his own agent? Is he just maybe um, sitting back and just kind of weighing the offers, or what, what do you think's going on there? That's that's another good question. I mean, um, you know, he played well. I mean, he, obviously, he had injuries last year. Uh, he feels like um, you know they they've kind of figured out what the issue was um, and ways to make sure that it doesn't happen again um, with the leg. Uh, so, but I, I you know, at, at his age and this market, and he probably has an idea of what he will play for and what he won't play for. You know he's got a lot of money in the bank, and uh, you know we'll 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 see if you know what I'm saying. Like when you when, once you get to a certain status, you're not going to play for anything less than what you think that you really deserve. What you deserve, because why? You know, uh, at that point when you have uh, the kind of uh, money that he has I- in the bank, so I'm sure he's got a number of this is what I will play for, but I'm not going to I'm not going to come back uh, to play for anything less than that. I don't know that to be true, but just generally speaking. Uh, with, with with professional athletes, especially guys of the caliber of uh, of, of him, um, they may have that price that they're not willing to go below. And uh, until somebody meets that price, 
um, he's not going to budge. Uh, he's fine with not playing um, if, if he doesn't get that number. I suspect somebody will, uh, but we'll see. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the number is and wherever he in, a, ends up, um, uh, what somebody's willing to pay him and what role somebody has in mind for him. Um, so, uh, but I'm curious because I think he would on some level be a help with the Raiders. No question about it. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line because Justin wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Justin? Are you today? Vinny, can you go ahead, me? Justin? Hey, yeah, I just wanted to uh, comment on the uh, on the two defensive linemen signings today. Um, I, I don't know. I've seen some people on Twitter a little bit upset about the number of defensive linemen we've been signing, and obviously, I think everybody's a little concerned about that free safety starting position. But I got to be honest, I don't hate the approach they're taking this year with um, with trying to bolster the defensive line. It seems like with the with the unique signing and maybe somebody else in the draft at end, it seems like our, our defensive end positions are set where they're at. Um, but I, I kind of like this trial and error approach that Gruden and Mayer are taking this year because outside of Jonathan Hankins and his consistency in stopping the run, we haven't had a, a consistent you know push from the inside and in, it's got to be over 10 years at that position. And, um, yeah, I, I guess I just like what they're doing, bringing in more competition into camp and where all those defensive linemen probably aren't going to make the final roster. Um, you know, more competition is ultimately, ultimately going to yield the best players. And I just kind of like what they're doing this year. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, it's not, you know, the well, I mean, we can't forget Yannick Ngagwe. Uh, that's, that's somebody that is an impact signing too. And uh, I think that a lot of people are just thinking that the Raiders are throwing a bunch of names out there, which to some extent that they are, but there's, but there's logic between behind pretty much everyone that they've brought in and either upside production in the past, um, you know, Solomon Thomas, um, it's still 25 years old. When you watch him on tape, there's, it's obvious that he's got a skill set. Uh, why it hasn't resonated in the NFL? Well, maybe the Raiders can try to figure that out. And it doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be the third pick overall, uh, Solomon Thomas, but if he could be a, an effective uh, part of the rotation, uh, all the better. Uh, the signing that they the, you know, uh, uh, made today uh, with, with, with Darius uh, Philbon, I mean, you know, obviously all the legal issues and everything like that, it's, it seems like that's been uh, come to a conclusion. Um, but there was production there when he, was, when he played under... Um, Gus Bradley with the Los Angeles Chargers. So, um, you know, there's there's that whether you're asking him to be the starter or more likely somebody in the rotation, there's a proven track record there. Uh, same with Quentin uh, Jefferson. Uh, he's played in big games. He's been a productive player uh, on playoff teams, uh, you know, uh, on the with the Buffalo Bills. So uh, I'm with you. I think that when the more bodies you can um, accumulate – 
to create competition, to try to create some certainty uh, out of players that have done it, that have you know uh, performed at uh, at a decent clip. You, you know, it, it's, it's it's you have to like that, and I think that um, just the presence of uh, of Yannick Ngagwe really changes things too, because it's going to open up a lot for a lot of other players. Uh, and I think in conjunction with Clee Farrell on the other side and Max Crosby, we'll see what his role is. Uh, you know, um, you know, Carl Nassib, uh, who has had a history of production. I'm not sure why it didn't resonate uh, last year, um, but under a new regime, um, new contract, trying to play for some more money down the line, uh, maybe that gets him turned around. But the more bodies that you can throw at it, the more competition that you can create, I think the better off you're going to be. And for Gus Bradley, it all starts up front. Uh, it is incumbent uh, that he gets a pass rush out of four uh, defenders, uh, allowing him to play what do what he wants to do on the back end You know, with, with seven pass defenders. And don't also forget... You know, the run situation. And that's one thing that I really like about also about what the Raiders are doing. Um, there's guys that can play the run. There's guys that can rush the passer. Uh, you're not just, you know, uh, limited to kind of a single um, uh, skill set. There's guys that do different things. So, um, you know, while you're building this depth and this rotation, you're also, um, you know, bringing in guys that can bring something different to the table. So when they're on the field in certain situations, you know, they may be a stronger option uh, than the guy that is a better option in, uh, in other situations. So it'll be interesting to see how it how it how it shakes down. But I do like what they've done at the defensive line, uh, starting with uh, Yannick Ngagwe and all the bodies that they're throwing at what was really. A huge problem from the last year. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Kevin is on the line. How you doing, Kevin? Yeah, hey, how y'all doing tonight? Um, I'm calling. I'm just, I was trying to figure out what had happened with the Nick Martin signing. Um, it kind of seems to have gotten lost in the shuffle. I had, uh, I did a little background check on him, and it seemed like he could be a viable even starter, really over James and I was just wondering what had happened. It, they uh, said he was signed, but it said undisclosed number. And every time I look, I don't see him anywhere. So what happened to Nick Martin? Is he still uh, supposedly going to be a Raider or what's he going to do or what are they going to do? I know they just signed um, James to some more money. And I was yeah. wondering if that was a good idea, but I mean, you know, I have to, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a GM or a coach, so they, you know. Yeah, when I when I check with my sources, uh, um, they they had agreed to terms uh, with Nick Martin. So uh, unless something changes with that, um, you know, or unless something has, I I certainly haven't heard anything. So I think that you know some of these signings, there's a delayed reaction between agreed to terms with and then actually signed, uh, because what happens is. Uh, the way things work nowadays, a lot of these guys are scattered across the country, so they're not like literally in Las Vegas uh, when they agree to terms. Some guys have. We saw that uh, with a couple of the players. Right. But Nick right. Martin could be anywhere at this moment, and he verbally agreed. You know, they came to terms. You know, with the deal. But at some point, he still has to you know come out to Las Vegas, take a physical, and actually sign the contract before the club. Uh, can actually make it official on on their end, but uh, but you know I was told that they they did come to terms with him, and he is expected to be uh, you know in the mix, and you know 
you're right. Uh, here's a guy that's played 67-some-odd games or started 67-some-odd games over his career. That's nothing to seize that, and he's played on a on some pretty good Houston Texan teams that have gotten to the playoffs. So um, I don't think that – I think he's here – I think he's going to be here to be a guy that competes, uh, you know, with Andre James uh, for, for, for for the job. And I think that Andre James is who they have earmarked for that position. Um, but there's no guarantees that he's going to, uh, you know, fulfill the promise uh, and the faith that they have in him. So to have somebody like Nick Martin either pushing him to be better or to be there in case – Andre James doesn't win the job, or to be also be there in case there's an injury uh, is a good thing. Uh, trying to get all of that sorted out, uh, and I know that the Raiders don't want to just hand Andre James the job. You know, they want him to come in here and compete for the job, even with the new uh, contract and 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 that uh, type of thing. Uh, they they don't want to rush into naming him the starter. It's going to have to be earned. Uh, in training camp, but while he's the favorite, there's no question about it. Um, he's not, you know, uh, they're, they're not going to come out uh, at any point. I don't believe this is basically what I what I'm hearing anyway, and and just declare him the starter. Uh, I think it's just a little too soon for that. Now you could read what you want into the the contract extension. That's pretty uh, pretty sure bet that they believe that he's going to be uh, the guy. But keep in mind this: um, that contract extension doesn't affect this year. His salary, his new um, contract doesn't affect the salary cap this year. So he's still being paid in 2021 as the backup. Um, and it changes over next year when his new contract extension kicks in. So they may be just saying, hey, look, we think you're going to be the starter this year, uh, but not can't be sure. So we're just going to bring in some insurance uh, in Nick Martin. And I think it's a really good insurance policy. Uh, for that matter, um, and and again, that's a rebuilt unit. It's a rebuilt offensive line. Um, uh, Colton Miller is now the uh, you know the the older statesman uh, of the team in terms of longevity. Uh, he's been here now since what 2018, uh, so uh, he's grown into his role and is now the leader of that offensive line and is the guy that's going to get uh, a big extension here pretty soon. Um, and then, you know, obviously you've got Richie Incognito, uh, the veteran, uh, coming off two games. That's a little bit of a concern, um, but by all signs, he's healthy and, 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 and ready to go. Uh, you've got now either Andre James or Nick Martin at center. Uh, you've got probably Denzel Good um, at, at, at the right guard position. And the great unknown right now is who's going to play right tackle. Could be Denzel right Good. He's played right tackle before and, and, and – uh, and, and got the job done. But I think preferably the Raiders want to um, – I, I think they want to get the right tackle in the draft. Uh, doesn't necessarily preclude them from bringing in somebody, a, a veteran. I would almost expect them to do that because what are your other options? You know, having to maybe move Denzel Good from guard to right tackle is probably not uh, ideal. Uh, Brandon Parker, mm. I mean, are you counting on him to be the starter at right tackle? Mm. Or maybe just the competition for whoever the rookie is. I, I could see that, but man, if you're thinking about him as as a starter, uh, he still has a, a ways to go. Um, ways to go, you know, before he can yeah. prove that he can do that. So, well, um, is there any it'll be interesting. Do you have another question? Yeah, was there any news on Mariota taking the pay cut, or is he going to get cut? Have you heard anything about that? 
Not yet. Um, I've been working on that all day. Uh, last I heard is he's still under contract and uh, okay. and he's healthy and he looks good and he's ready to go. So that's a good thing. Um, but um, it, every everything seems to be pointing toward he's going to uh, uh, do a new deal and he's going to come in uh, at a lower price tag than ten point seven okay. million dollars. And he'll be yeah he'll be Derek Carr's uh, uh, backup uh, for this year. So. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I feel bad for him. Uh, you're, you're expecting to get the $10.7 million that you signed for, um, but it was never guaranteed. Uh, this is not that, that 10.7 is, is, is not guaranteed. The Raiders could walk away from it. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, there would be no penalty to the set to the salary cap if they did. I don't see that there's a lot of options for, for Marcus Mariota outside the building, um, you know, at least in terms of starters, and if if there aren't starting opportunities, then where's the money? Uh, you know, in this climate, in this with this salary cap, uh, I don't see that anyone's going to be knocking on his door to pay him anything near the ten point seven million dollars that he was going to get. So it kind of seems like his options are dwindling, and now uh, maybe the best option is to stay here in Las Vegas, where he knows the system. Um, maybe John Gruden is, uh, is, is now that he's been here for a year now that he's healthy. And that's an important distinction to make. Uh, Marcus Mariota was not healthy when he got here, uh, uh, earlier this year, you know, in 2020, uh, he started the season off, uh, banged up. Um, you could tell in training camp that he wasn't right physically. I remember some of the throws that he was making, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, what is wrong with Marcus Mariota? Um, and sure enough, there was a pectoral injury. There were also some lingering issues uh, coming over from Tennessee uh, that were lingering. And uh, the Raiders put him on IR. Uh, they made him take a step back and get healthy. Uh, and they, they gave him all the time he needed to get healthy. Uh, when we saw him against the Los Angeles Chargers late in the season, um, that's probably about as healthy as Marcus Mariota has been in years. And I think you could see what he was able to bring to the table when he was feeling right. And he also, by being here, you know, since August of last year, uh, and by December, he had a good handle on that offense, uh, and he looked good. Um, I, I feel bad. I, I, I would have, you know, um, for, for me, I'm not a fan of the Raiders, um, I, but I would have liked to have seen Marcus Mariota go someplace and compete for a starting job somewhere. I think he's, I think he could start in the NFL. And for whatever reason, um, nobody traded for him. I don't know the reasons for that. Uh, I suspect maybe the contract had a little bit to do with it. But um, it would have been it would have been great to see him go someplace uh, and get a fair chance to start because that's not going to happen um, here in Las Vegas. This is Derek Carr's team. Uh, make no question about it. Uh, but now maybe uh, with Marcus. It looks like he's coming back. Um, maybe now um, he'll he'll uh, he'll be able to uh, be a guy that they can write up. I've always felt like this: like if you can if you can come up with a situational package uh, for Marcus Mariota uh, that takes advantage of his legs, that puts a little bit of pressure on the defense. Why not? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like why not? Uh, maybe he can be helpful in the red zone uh, when it gets down to those short yarded situations in the red zone with his ability to put pressure on a defense with his legs and, uh, and his arm. Maybe in a short yarded situation at the middle of the field, you know, on third down, you throw in Marcus Mariota to to uh, to really put pressure on the defense to have to think about some other things to maybe make it easier to go get that first down. So um, if that's the case, 
And if I'm John Gruden, I'm thinking along those lines. And if you're Marcus Mariota now at this point with starting opportunities basically closed off to you, again, maybe this is the best bet for for you. Uh, and it's a way that you can um, uh, showcase what you have, even if it's on limited um, on a limited basis or a situational basis. Uh, and you know, uh, injuries happen. Uh, you hate to see it. Uh, you don't even want to think about it. Uh, if you're the Raiders and you're and you're Derek Carr, but it's always a possibility. So um, being here uh, in this system, if something were to happen to Derek Carr, uh, Marcus Mariota would have uh, now a lot to be able to draw on. Uh, in terms of his understanding of this offense, uh, that would give him a really good chance if it came to something like that to go out there and perform and perform well. If that happened, uh, then again, uh, he's lined himself up uh, to go into free agency in 2022, uh, having a body of work to point to to show NFL teams that he's still uh, a viable starting NFL quarterback. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Joe from LA. How you doing, Joe? Hey, Vinny. Thanks for taking my call. So with respect to uh, Mariota, I've called before and said what a big proponent I am of trying to keep Mariota. So if he does decide to take that big pay cut, can he negotiate in his contract that he gets more playing time? You know, what we saw with the charges, it's probably a potential glimpse of what we could do with him in a run situation. So I wonder if that could be incorporated into his contract. And second, when you say that – Players have to come in for physical. What does that exactly mean? Is it like a physical that normal people go to with a doctor? And I'll stay on to listen. Um, uh, as far as your last question, yeah. Uh, the normal um, physical, they're, they're going to take a look at your medical records. They're going to take a look at your, uh, hey, they, you know, if you had an injury coming off any kind of an injury last year, uh, they're going to poke and prod um, you know, the injuries. They're going to see where you are physically. Uh, and there have been situations where a free uh, happened last year. I'll put it that way. Uh, remember when um, uh, I think it was Eli. It was Eli Apple. The, the Raiders agreed to terms with Eli Apple last year, right? As a cornerback, as a veteran cornerback, and then all of a sudden um, he was no longer in the plans. Why? There was a there was an issue uh, with the, with the medicals uh, that that pro- pro- and that was before you know. Um, I don't know. I, I forgot how they were able to do it last year because remember we were dealing with COVID. But I think there was like some you can you can get doctors to like you couldn't go visit the guy. He couldn't come visit you or anything like that. But there was a way to get a doctor to be able to take a look at these guys. Um, but in st- but in a standard situation, uh, the player comes to your building. Um, you give them the physical. It's usually right on the same day as the uh, as the as the uh, signing happens. Uh, they get cleared by the team doctor, uh, and then they sign their contract. It doesn't always work that way. That's why you always see, um, you know, uh, agree to terms first, and then the team will officially announce the signing later. Uh, if you saw last week, there were a couple of times Solomon Thomas comes to mind, and I think it was Quentin Jefferson comes to mind. They were both literally in Las Vegas. They went to the building they negotiated their contracts, they took their physical, they signed their contracts because they were physically able to do that in Las Vegas. That's why those um, became official. Yannick Ngagwe came to Las Vegas uh, after agreeing to terms, took his physical, signed his contract, uh, it became official. But if you notice, even that, that was one of those, he agreed to terms, I want to say on Monday, and then took the physical and signed the contract on Friday. So there was a, a lapse in time 
because he had to get from wherever he was to um, to Las Vegas to take the physical. We we spoke to um, you know uh, Kenyon Drake on Friday, right? And he was getting on a plane to go right back to Atlanta. He flew in, took his physical, signed his contract. It became official. He was back home to Atlanta. So it, it, that's basically what happens. And to answer your question, yes, it's basically a normal physical that anyone would take. Uh, but I'm sure you know NFL doctors are looking for. Uh, they're looking under the hood to see if anything there's any red red flags or flags that they would then go to John Gruden and Mike Mayak and say I can't pass him uh, he's not good to go so uh, that's how that works happened to Tack McKinley a couple of times last year after teams signed him um, or, or brought him in off of waivers uh, from the Atlanta Falcons remember he, he failed two physicals before he got to the Raiders so it's kind of how it works you're in the huddle Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Right back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Vernon in L.A. wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Vernon? Hey, Vinny. What's going on, my man? I've um, been listening to the show here recently, man. I enjoy your input and everything. Um, I had a couple of points, man. On King and Drake, I like that sign, and I'm a huge Alabama fan. And uh, I've seen what he did in that national title game at Clemson, seeing what he's done since he's been in the league. I'm just wondering. Does he replace um, what's my guy name? Uh, does he uh, does he start as a punt returner? Do you think you know trying to get him on the field and you know he's an explosive playmaker? Do you think punt returner he should be a starter there? Um, we'll see. I know they like Hunter Renfro as a punt returner. He, that dude's got like an uncanny ability to make people miss. This is, this is and, true. Uh, this is true. This is true. I just. And Drake, man, he got that gear, man. That gear. If he can open field, it's like goodbye. But hopefully, we'll 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 see what happens there. Also, um, in the draft, I'm looking at the draft. You said the draft is offensive line heavy. So how about this? If there's nobody there, at 17. How about trading back, getting an extra second round pick, and still getting one of those tackle prospects? What you think about that? Well, and uh, that's a that's a good point. I don't know if they would sacrifice the first round pick to go. I think that you're you're saying drop back. Uh, yeah, just drop the, back. Maybe try to pick up another uh, second round pick if possible. Just switching and trying to get that. Um, you know, because I think it's going to be a lot of tackle prospects still down there in the twenties, if possible. Maybe training with somebody that has a a pick down there and just swapping like that. And then uh, my last yeah. point, I'm gonna let you go. I know you pressed for time. Um, no, that's all good. Alden, um, Alden Smith, he's still out there. I know we didn't been there and done that, but I still think he has something left in the tank. What's that you? Probably, but man, uh, you know, given given everything and, and sort of how it all played out here, uh, I'm not sure that's a reunion. Um, you know that that might be in the works. Um, but uh, you, you know, um, I, as far as the trade goes. Uh, as long as as long as they know that they could still get their guy, um, you know, a little bit further down in the draft, yeah, I think they would be open to it. I'm not sure. They'd be I, able I like to get I like second. that Jenkins guy, man. He got a real nasty streak. Jenkins, I think, out of Oklahoma State, man. I seen him plow a guy clean into the sideline. I'm like, that's what we need, man. We need somebody like that. Clear them holes for Josh Jacobs and uh, Kenyon Drake, and hey, keep keep Derek Carr on his feet, man. We need somebody like that, a mauler. Yeah, um, I agree with that too. I, li- I really liked his tape. Um, uh, go, to, you know, I, I would urge everybody go to YouTube and look at some of these guys. Uh, Liam Eichenberg from the uh, from the from Notre Dame. Um, I know that 
just just go watch that dude play. Uh, I think he's a guy that you can count on being, and he's played left tackle and played against some big time opponents. Whether you're talking about Clemson or Alabama, go check him out uh, when you get a chance. He's smooth over there. But yeah, I like the Oklahoma State kid. I love the Northwestern kid. Uh, There's the the, the Texas player. I mean, there's a, a whole bunch of them, and that's the thing. Uh, that if you were to trade back down and, and pick up an extra pick, uh, you'd still probably be, you know, as long as it's not out of the first round or way down in the first round. Um, but if you feel like, you know, you have a group of three guys, let's say, that you'd be comfortable with, uh, and you can trade down four or five spots because you know at least one of those guys or two of those guys is going to be there, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be great. Um, I yeah, think man, I just, I just think, like you say, man, I just keep I just keep harping back to what you're saying, you know, about the draft being offensive line rich. And I just think, you know, man, the Raiders don't have, you know, they don't have a lot of picks. I mean, they got their six-round pick back. But I just think if we can work the phone somehow and, you know, maybe slide back a few picks, pick up a second-round pick, man, or something like that, I think we can really do some damage, man, and really get ourselves – you know, off to a good start, you know, you know, during this offseason by, you know, getting those key acquisitions and those key draft picks. Yep, absolutely. I'm right there with you, Vernon. And I think they're, you know, I think that they're being, they've been disciplined in this, in this free agency period, um, you know, and they've been burnt uh, a couple of times uh, these last few years. Uh, there's no question about it. I still believe that Corey Littleton can be uh, the player that they anticipated. Um, so, you know, keep an eye on on him in terms of, you know, a bounce back year. I like what they've done on the defensive line, bringing in a bunch of bodies. Yannick Ngagwe, it's almost like people have forgotten that they signed Yannick Ngagwe, but he is somebody that's going to well, change cool. Let the him stay asleep. Let him stay asleep, man. Let him stay asleep because we're going to wake him up this season. <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah, and and you look at the production of a of a Quinton Jefferson. You look at the production. The uh, even even Solomon Thomas has shown uh, that he could be a uh, a rotational piece on a really good team. He did that with the San Francisco 49ers when they went to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, uh, 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 Darius uh, Fa- uh, 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 Falbon, uh, who they signed today. Um, you know, had some legal issues, obviously, but. There's a reason why the Arizona uh, uh, Cardinals signed him to a two-year, ten million dollar contract, coming off a, uh, a pretty solid year with the with the Los Angeles Chargers. He could produce. He's played when he play when he gets on the field. Uh, he makes things happen. So we'll see what what happens with him uh, along the defensive line. Um, Carl Nassib, uh, you know, uh, um, a, a different coaching staff. Obviously, competitions coming into play. Uh, maybe that lights a fire under him, and he turns out to be a good player or the player that they wanted uh, as a result. Uh, so we'll see. I uh, want to say thank you to Sam Gordon uh, for being a part of the show. I want to say thanks to all the callers. Uh, I know you bring it all the time. We'll see what happens with free safety. We'll see what happens with right tackle over these next few days. Um, and obviously uh, in the draft, but I think the Raiders are headed in the right direction. Uh, guys just need to step up and play, man. Uh, those young players on the on, on defense in particular need to step up uh, and play. I think the Raiders are really counting on that. If they don't, uh, it could be trouble. There's no question about it. But there's there is a belief inside the building that those players are are, are on the way to fulfilling the promise uh, that the Raiders saw when they drafted them. And they're, I know that they're working hard. I've talked to some people that know what's going on in that regard. Uh, so the Damon Arnett's of the world are are in the lab working hard uh and we'll see uh, what that means come next year you're in the huddle Vinny bonsignor with lincoln kennedy brought to you by tequila embajador talk to you guys tomorrow 4 to 6 p.m thank you